right. Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome. This is uh, Stephanie Michaud, and I'm joined today by Amanda Allred, um, who is a professional land surveyor with uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, she's also the vice president of uh, the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Amanda, welcome. Thanks for joining Hi. us today. Hey, Stephanie. It's great to see you. You as well. Uh, hopefully everything's going well for you in, in Washington. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Some things get overblown sometimes, but we're I, I we're not too far from Yakima and things are things are just fine here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for this edition of Surveyors in the Wild. So, uh, you know, today I'm just here to talk with you about, you know, what your surveying profession, what your career looks like, um, kind of what you've been doing. And of course, given current circumstances, how things have maybe been adjusting a little bit for you. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Today I'm um, I'm post processing some information our crews did yesterday on some flooding. Um, we're still on the TSC threes. Every time I see the new Trimble controller, I have a heart attack and get angry. <laughs> <laughs> I have I definitely have controller envy. I don't know if that's a thing, but we're making a thing. <laughs> that's so, definitely a thing, and I feel a hashtag coming on for controller envy. <laughs> I do too. I know, and so. Um, uh, I'm post-processing some stuff today and about every six months, every June um, and January, I try to update all the firmware on our on our software and everything. So if there is a problem and I call Tremble, yeah, I say, what do they first say? Is your firmware updated? And so that's, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do that for our field crews because they have, they have enough on their hands as it is. And, um, and that's a simple thing I can keep updated for them. Oh yeah, that definitely makes sense. And um, describe a little bit about the the work that you do up in in Washington. Well, um, we're we're kind of a diverse group. Um, Walla Walla is a huge district. We cover six states. Actually, we cover Washington, Oregon, Idaho, parts of Wyoming, Nevada, and um, and did I forget one? Utah. I think we get a little bit of just a hair of Utah because the Snake River, um, the tributaries cover such a large area, and um, we actually do some work in Wyoming towards the Jackson Hole area because everything on the backside of Jackson Hole drains towards the Pacific River on our side. Makes sense, yeah. Montana. Close <laughs> west, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so day to day, I don't really know um, what kind of projects we'll be working on. A lot, a lot of flood control stuff this year. A lot of emergency stuff. We had some extreme flooding that happened. I think we were probably at a maybe a hundred to a 500 year event this last spring in Walla Walla. And um, that puts a lot of people's lives in jeopardy as well as property. And um, that's one part of the core of engineers that we do is help protect life and property. Yeah, you guys are our first respond, one of our many first responders that um, that are available for us uh, in times of need. So thank you for that. We really appreciate all the work that you do. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, it's a great job. We love what we do. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask, uh, you know, I love your account. I mean, on Instagram, I see all of your different posts around um, how surveying can be can be in our everyday lives, and you know how even things that we see every day we kind of take for granted the surveying technology behind them. And um, you know, you mentioned the river and the watershed flooding, but there's also a lot of work there with uh, with dam monitoring. Can you describe some of the work that you've been doing there? Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite parts of working for the Corps of Engineers. We do dam deformation and trilateration monument um, monitorization for settlements. And part of that is monitoring um, horizontal and vertical movement. So we we alternate every two years. So one year we'll do vertical 
and one year we'll do horizontal movement. So this year we're on the precise leveling and we use a Trimble Denny with a high precision Invar rods. And um, that is contracted out, but we have our own equipment in case we have to go do something emergency wise. And we actually monitor the, the contractors as well. We, we keep a close eye on them to make sure <laughs> their quality mm -hmm. is high, that they're doing things in the proper procedure. Because we've been monitoring these dams since they were built for 60 years about we have data on the monitoring and so if last year um some of our our um our prisms started to fail they were in these housings and we only specifically used them for this job but they mm -hmm. were falling apart and after right. 30 years of the same yeah. prism and so <laughs> we noticed there were some huge ambiguities going on um and we were able to track it back to the prisms got new sure. prisms and we started over again and the ambiguities came down and they were what kind of we expected so either something was really wrong with the with the structure or something was going on with the survey and um yeah. it's it's a great great field to work in because of that because i i just love the i love the problem solving behind it you know oh definitely yeah there's always uh there's always something to kind of work around, whether it's obstacles physically or um, from a mathematical standpoint, you never know what might be going on. <laughs> right, and that's even a physical thing too. You know? mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. so, I love I love the problem solving of it. Sometimes you feel about like a CSI or something, you know, why, why is this happening? That's always our question, why? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and so, and I mean, the. How often are you monitoring? Um, you, you have the continuous program, right? But then you're also doing um, periodic checkups, as you see? Yeah, if, um, if something, if an anomaly occurs, um, we have staff out there at those dams that have been there for years, and they are sure. our first eyes on the project. And so they know if something looks odd. And um, we will come in, um, us in the office specifically, because we can act so quickly and just get out there and. Um, and help them understand and see what's going on. We have one area on McNary Dam in particular where they've been setting the crane for a long time. And these are okay. these are huge cranes, 60 ton cranes is what we're talking about. And um, they've been setting it in the same spot and they've been noticing some cracks that are starting sure. to occur. And so that's the kind of work we do. So we'll say, well, maybe it's, maybe it's the crane, <laughs> you know, maybe we should, so. That's the kind of work that we encourage is a lot of communication with the engineers, with on-site staff, and um, we're kind of the go-between for all of that. Makes sense, yeah. And uh, have you, and so you've been surveying like all over the, the US. Uh, do you have a particular fun story or, um, or scary story you could share with us <laughs> of, of uh, your time in the field? <laughs> Yeah, we were we were surveying in Southeast Alaska. We had a lot of um, bear encounters. It just it happens. You know, It'll happen in Alaska. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, all the cliches are true. You're going to see bears, and you're going to see a lot of bears. And bears behave differently, and so brown bears will behave a lot differently than black bears. Black bears are tend to be more curious about you and more like social, where brown bears are kind of like grumpy and you know don't mess with me attitude. So we were. We were serving um, in some, it was around a fish hatchery too. So that's, that's the stories are already starting off bad when, when you're right, serving yeah. somewhere where they're hatch, hatching fish. And it was probably a state land selection because of that. So we were serving the boundary around it. And it's mm -hmm. a really popular, I got to look it up because it was before all the social media stuff. Um, 
it's where people fly in to see the bears. So um, they have a lot of okay. crew that fly in and um, and so film high the bears. Energy, good food source. Yeah, yep. there'll be bears there. <laughs> yep, a salmon hatchery right there. And so we were coming out one day um, on the back end of that, and we weren't carrying guns at the time because we hadn't seen any bears. And you know, when you're packing an instrument and you're packing tripods. Unless you really need a firearm, I, I, we kind of stayed away from it. And so we, sure. I got to preempt that and say we didn't have a, a gun with us. But we came around the corner and there was a beautiful black bear standing there with her two cubs. And I hit the ground. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm a country girl. And I swear, I just, I don't know, I just panicked. Because, you know, we go through all this bear training and we've heard right, all these yeah. bear stories. And I swear, I just, I hit the ground and almost started crawling back where we had come from. Yeah. And the guys that were with me, they were behind me and didn't see this. And they were like, what is the matter with you? And so as I'm crawling, I was like, yeah, and so, yeah right, yeah. yeah. Especially a mom with her cubs, they can be, you know, really protective. And Definitely, so we, yeah. we backed up and we got out of there. And um, I, I only have a few bear encounters, but that was that was one of them. It was a it was a good day not to have, get too close to them. <laughs> yeah, it's always good. I, I've encountered a few of my a few bears on my own as well, just, you know, from from hiking and stuff and growing up in Canada, it's the same you see. You see bears everywhere. It's kind of part of it. And uh, yeah. it's always good to know even how much training you have, though. When you see them, it's still that initial shock, right? But I um, think so. Yeah. You, you just catch your heart and you're, you know, yeah. That's awesome. So, um, Amanda, tell me, and, and for those of you who are just joining, um, I'm here with uh, Amanda Allred, PLS, um, with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers today. And we're talking about her experiences in the surveying profession. So, thanks for joining us on LinkedIn Live. You bet. Uh, and uh, Amanda, thank you. Um, I have a question for you about, you know, you joined this profession. You've had many years of experience. You've had your own company. You work for the Army Corps now. Um, you know, what's kept you in this profession? I mean, um, not only what made you join it, but then what, what's kept you here still today? <laughs> you know, I, I really, it has got to be, and I let me just give the, the discount to that I'm not here re representing the Corps of Engineers. It's my sure. personal views only today. But um I, th I think it's really helping people. We, yeah. we as Americans get to take lands for bears for granted. And um, my husband turned me on to this, this um, TED talk about, and there was this woman, I think she was Dutch. I don't remember exactly, but she talked about how you can really change people's lives. And yeah. owning your own property is one of the ways you can really change people's lives. And um, we take that for granted in America. We have such a great, um, a great system where we can um, monitor and tax property. And actually, that's one of the things that so many people in the, around the world don't have, um, that we have the opportunity to own our own property and protect it. And So, so true. <laughs> yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I have to share a little sidebar on that. I'm, one of the projects that I worked on with my time at Trimble was involved in just that, like providing um, the technical system um, in place for people to obtain a land administration system or to establish land um, property ownership, right? And um, when you work in developing countries where you see how, you know, either complicated or non-existent the evidence or documentation is for property rights, it's, it, you certainly take it, 
begin to appreciate um, the systems we have in, in North America um, for, for that um, and how that enables us from a socioeconomic standpoint. So yeah, I definitely Absolutely. understand yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> One of my doctors, the best doctor I probably ever had was um, when I was in New Mexico. He's from Nigeria and mm -hmm. his family came from a long line of surveyors. And my mm -hmm. husband and I, my husband is a surveyor, too. And so we were there yeah. because we were expecting our first child together. And he told us and he was just a hilarious man. He told us I was too dumb to be a surveyor. He said, I disappointed my family and I moved to the U.S. and became a doctor. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's not a sentence you hear very often, you know, as, as surveyors, because we're so sometimes, like we said, taken for granted in the U.S. that that um, their role in those developing countries is so important to mm -hmm. uh, to the livelihood of the people. And it, I actually I helped him get some get some equipment. He was going there to to help. Um, Oh, vaccinate and do some different things back home in Nigeria. And I helped him find some equipment for his family to um, to help get it in there and um, so they could do some more work on their surveying part. He said the the scariest thing, right, why he didn't like being a surveyor either there was because of the elephants. <laughs> I guess they take a lot of um, a lot of oil lines and the elephants would just destroy their control points. And I thought, well, that if if you're afraid of bears in Alaska, I think he just one up me on the elephants. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the pros is being out in nature uh, while you're in the field, but then it can also have its own challenges and, uh, and fears <laughs> as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Great. And so, um, and you know, this leads me to, we've been talking about the profession and, you know, how um, it's changed for you and how you've seen it change over the years. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the, work you've been doing um, to promote the profession to new surveyors and um, to different groups of people as well. Yeah, I, I just read a great, great quote that I had written down um, somewhere about, you know, you can have all the fanciest equipment in the world, but without the knowledge behind it, you know, it doesn't do you a whole heck of a lot of good. And getting a more diverse group into land surveying has been important with me. And thank you all for sharing that. Um, I, I did not expect that post about diversity and land surveying to go mm -hmm. as far as it had. I think the last time I checked, it had 13,000 views or something wow. crazy. And thank you all for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. It is, it's a tough topic, but I think it's one if, if we approach in a, um, in a kind way, just as, just as asking questions, what, what are the numbers? Mm -hmm. Are we really not diverse? Are we diverse? You know, sure. um, um, is it just about our demographics? What is, what is going on? And, um, so I started, I started just something real simple to help surveyors have conversations about um, diversity and land surveying and these diversity stickers are one thing. We're giving them away for free. We mm -hmm. as in me and a few other surveyors on Instagram. Um, awesome. Yeah, and um, one another one we have is a women in surveying, women who survey. And um, we got some t-shirts going on too. And I'm, I'm gonna start hopefully working with a couple foundations who have the future of surveying in mind. Um, mm -hmm. One is with Anna Rios, who's out of Texas. She's really wonderful to work with, and I hope I get to spend more time working with her. Um, her her foundation is the Future Surveyors Foundation, and it mm -hmm. talks about getting all walks of life into the land surveying profession, and um, and that's one thing that we really need to have a conversation about these days. Yeah, I absolutely agree, and you know, for the two of us here to be on on live to women in the geospatial surveying profession is rare. And it's uh, always a treat when I have the opportunity to chat with a, a 
a fellow geomatics professional and grad as well. So. I agree. Yeah. 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 And I mean, how do you see kind of the, our role as professionals and, you know, as companies as well in promoting diversity, um, you know, Trimble, of course, like we support a lot of different um, organizations like the FIG Young Surveyors, um, also supporting getting kids into survey. Um, and I believe also through the uh, National Society of Professional Surveyors as well, right? Yes, absolutely. I just mm -hmm. got voted in as the um, vice president of NSPS. Um, and I really have to thank Trimble for all that you do. You you give a lot of money away to these these great causes to get people more involved. And um, one of the best parts of it is getting to meet all the different people around the world. And, um, and you know, just, just spreading the word of I am a surveyor. And that's kind of the point of the stickers. Um, we have so many different stickers that we stick to everything. It's really kind of a mm -hmm. cool thing. And so sometimes it's exhausting to explain to people, well, I am a surveyor, you know, when they right. go, well, what do you do? And it's actually just to encourage a conversation, take the time and, and explain to somebody mm -hmm. what you do. And they could very well take a real interest in it. And it could be um, the thing that leads one more person into our profession. Yeah. And I think it's also nice because from a sticker, you know, someone doesn't necessarily have to approach you to, to begin having that internal dialogue around, oh, you know, is, is that person a surveyor? What kind of surveying do they do? Uh, you know, yeah. Who, yeah. what projects would they work on? Right. And then they can begin that exploration. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even themselves. It's, a, it's just a real subtle way of, you mm -hmm. know, of talking about who you are and what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. I think we're at a really exciting time too in in our profession where we're starting to see the prevalence of surveying and geomatics in so many other more you could call them like more modern or more modern or consumer grade technologies right where it's becoming more and more apparent how important it is to know where you are <laughs> and yeah. how to get somewhere that you need and um, so I think it's a great time to encourage people to explore and get into um, the space so yeah, and Kurt Sumner and I were having a bit of a discussion from NSPS, and um, I think I might be the youngest person that was ever um, will be president, and which is a huge honor. I That's think amazing. a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with um, some social media posts that friends of mine did, and I think really got some voting out there, and um, and it's a, it's a, it's just it's an exciting time to be a surveyor. It, um, the the knowledge behind the boundary information and what we do boundary wise is going to be huge when um when people are flying and um delivering di different items with drones you know staying yeah. on your own property is going to be such a huge deal and knowing the limitations of the equipment we use is um is an incredible tool um I, and i love that's why i love trimble i've never knock on wood had um had issues with the kind of service i get the kind of support we get and um I, I just, I feel, I feel lucky to be a part of that Trimble community as well. Oh, and we're so happy to have you, Amanda. Thank you. I have to ask you, you mentioned the Dini earlier, but what's your kind of Trimble tool of choice these days? <laughs> well, we, we use our tens and um, uh, we got a new guy and he, they were using, they were using a lot of old equipment. I told him, dude, you're going to love these R10s. They're going to do things for you that you haven't ever seen. And he was, oh, you know, one more. Just one more head, and he went. The best part is when he goes back in the office and brags to our boss about how well the internal radio works. We got it to work like six miles along a river. It was something crazy. So I was like, "Let's just try it. Let's just see." Yeah. I was like, "We're gonna get it here," and he was like, "Oh." Uh. And so we did. We set it up and we tried, and um, it worked six miles down the river, and um, 
And then we set up the repeater, you know, but he was so impressed to go back to the office and be like, oh my gosh, those are tins. And the other, the other piece of equipment we use a lot, which is like our, our steady is the, um, is the S6. We have an S6 robotic total station. Mm -hmm. And it is so handy when we've got to get good elevations. We come off some benchmarks and then we shoot into some tight areas on some, some pump plants. We do, yeah. we have a lot of pump plants that pump water from the, the, the landward side of the levee into the river so that the landward side doesn't flood. And those pump plants, as you can imagine, if you have a home right next to one are pretty darn important. Mm -hmm. And knowing the elevation differences for the engineers are really important. And I love that. I've got a lot of pictures of the S6. It's my, if, if I had to take one instrument away from the office, it would definitely be the F6. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's great to hear. I'm glad that, you know, you're able to use our equipment and push its boundaries as well. And it holds up under the conditions that you guys are working under, which is always great to hear. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, social media and how the power of this tool. I mean, how have you enjoyed using social media, like whether it be Instagram or here, like on LinkedIn Live? How has that helped you kind of promote and get yourself out there? You know, I wasn't a user of LinkedIn until recently. NSPS okay. really pushed it. And I had another friend. I was like, ah, I'm not on LinkedIn. It's just one more thing to use. And he was like, dude, just try it. And I really enjoyed it because of the professionalism and the, the quality of content on here that mm -hmm. you don't get a lot of so-called garbage that you might on other social mm -hmm. media places. And I, I've really enjoyed getting to meet other people. I mean, people have reached out to me from all over the world professionally on, um, on LinkedIn. And there, I got a great comment on the diversity post in Lanserbing from a gal in Sweden. And, um, I didn't realize how progressive they were there. And there's so many things we don't know about the world around us that they have done studies in um, in Sweden and have really promoted women in surveying there. And I think they actually outnumber the men at this point. And it's really, it's just, it's fascinating to me to get to meet different people instantaneously. And um, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's great like to meet you here on this platform, Amanda. I feel like our paths would have crossed eventually in person, but uh, I'm glad to preempt that here with this uh, meetup uh, online. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, I did have a question that came in from one of our users around, um, you know, demographic data. Is there anything that NSPS publishes around, um, you know, surveyor demographics um, in the profession? We don't, unfortunately. Um, we are mm -hmm. going to start working. The NSPS has put together a diversity committee to talk about okay. these sorts of things, and I think NCs, the um, the the examine examiners committee, the the National Council for Engineers and Surveyors, they're they're the mm -hmm. ones that put on the exams. They have more data, and we're actually going to start working with some of the people from their group as well to actually talk about, you know, strictly by the numbers, what the heck is going right. on, you know? And we have seen a trend where the number of women have come up just by, you know, indirect, indirect, you know, how many women do you work with? What is, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. And um, it is trending higher, but I think um, we do have a ways to come with diversity in land surveying. Yeah, I agree. And it's always important to have a, a metric in place so you can understand, like, if you are making strides or trying to you know, create initiatives to have some data to, to back it up and to support the work that you're we're doing. So it's great to hear that the committee is being formed. 
and to that question as well. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Which reminds me if, uh, you know, I'm here interviewing uh, Amanda Allred as part of our Surveyors in the Wild. Um, if you're just joining us now, I mean, we're we're kind of close to wrapping up, but if there are any other questions, I'd be happy to uh, pose them here uh, to Amanda uh, while we are still in live. So there is a Survey Monkey, I believe, that's going to be coming out or something through the membership within SPS where we are going to ask you some demographic questions. And so be expecting that a little bit to talk about, you know, um, how many women you work with, how many diverse people are in your organization. And that's where we want to gather data and we want to see if what we're doing is helping. And then if what we're doing in a few years has not helped, has not made a change, then maybe we'll try a different strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all have to start somewhere. And, um, you know, first place is promoting and getting out there and making sure that uh, people are aware of, of that and participate, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's not a it's not a man versus woman. It's not a me versus them by any standards. It's just, are we tapping into as many people that we have that would benefit, that would help this profession, you know, continue to exist and that would bring a different perspective? Because we all know that's why diversity is important because um, it keeps it it keeps different industries alive and it keeps you it keeps you in touch with what you're with the people that you're doing the work for. There was a great quote by Survey Meister out of Canada. She's one of my favorite accounts to follow. And she she said that exact same thing, that if um, we're not, if we don't know, and if we're not personally involved with the people we do the work for, we're not gonna do them a good job. You know, we need all of those people mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we need to understand, you know, the, the diversity um, globally as well, right? From, you know, especially when we're working um, I mean, state to state, I'm sure you've seen the differences. Um, and then you think of like internationally and all the different um, systems that we have to work in. Uh, important to have those all um, participate in. in even from the Trimble side, from a product development side, we need to make sure it work, our products work everywhere, um, and the, not just in North America. <laughs> and the, the global surveying world is just getting smaller all the time. My, my biggest job I ever had in my own personal company was working for a, um, a mining company out of out of Melbourne, Australia, and they were doing research and um, some staking in New Mexico. And, um, you, you know, we just we take it for granted that it's just me and my little neighborhood right now. It's not. It's um, it's a, really a global community now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't see any more questions come through. Um, so with that, um, Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it's been really Pleasure getting to know you online uh, in this uh, in this scenario, and uh, uh, thank you for joining us for sur for our surveyor in the wild for today. Uh, you bet. Thank you, you for having me. Of course, and uh, yeah, wish you all the best, and we should uh, connect sometime soon again. We will. Thank you, Stephanie.